1: Sixty-five, maybe 366 days in a leap year just light years consistent we're here for you august there's literally no nba content right now but we are here uh, i um you know you spend a week usually mining the uh, interwebs for for content uh when you put the show together uh, and, and it makes my job easy because I can always come in and and riff off of what you what you do. I don't I'm I, I don't envy you right now, Sam, because uh, there is nothing. You've got to go into the depths of this hell is, to find something. This is the time of year which separates the boys from the men. This is this is the time of year where the true takesmen and content machines are able to get it done, and those those who those who are pretenders take months off. Yeah. See, I, I look, look, friend of the show, Bill took a month off, comes back, comes back and does his podcast today. Light years? No, no. We're here twice a week, three times a week. Doesn't matter. We're talking about something. What are we talking about today, Sam? Um, Actually, first thing I want to talk about is we we never got a chance to talk about because last week was your birthday. And, you know, I appreciate it. You had, you had stuff going on and everything. But um, we did an amazing rewatch of... Warriors-Celtics game for the mm. Steph legacy game, in my opinion, probably the best game of his career when you consider the stakes and the moment mm-hmm. and everything uh, on playback. Honestly, like, I've won. The rewatch was more fun than even I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a good time, but it was even better than I thought. A bunch of the goons came. We're going to do another one this week, Wednesday. Um, it'll either be seven or eight p.m. We're still working out those details, so you know you know where to find the info. Um, the votes are in, Andy. Mm. We're gonna watch 2019 Houston Rockets Ooh. Warriors Game Six, the zero point first half, thirty-three point second half Steph Curry performance. Wow. Um, I like that I, one. I kind of wanted to do 2016 OKC Game Six. But ultimately, as a man of the people, I had to respect the voting results. It was a 60-40 Ooh. vote per the Twitter poll. Pretty substantial. We'll do OKC the following week or something. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we're gonna get to it before the season starts. But these rewatches are fun, man. Um well and- they're I think they're a lot more fun than than I think I imagined because you actually feel kind of stressed out. I, I think I thought going in, we were kind of just gonna keep it pretty, pretty easy and light. But I think 20 minutes in, I think both of us. And especially the uh, the fan base were like, holy shit, I don't remember this game being so stressful. Yeah, like the the nuance, de- like the little things, you don't know, – I exactly. I remember – I think I said it like three times during the rewatch on playback. I was just like, I don't remember it being this close this late. <laughs> I thought the Warriors pulled away a little earlier than this. I don't remember Boston having a double-digit lead in the third quarter, you know? Yep, yep. Um, Yep, five point lead with six minutes left. Like, I, I, man, it was it was a nail biter throughout, and it, it never felt like the Warriors were getting blown out. But it, it in the moment, I hadn't rewatched it since you and I we watched highlights, but we hadn't rewatched the full game. You watched the full game, and you're like, man, there were minute stretches where the Warriors were just breaking open shots, and <laughs> we're just sitting there. Yeah, and, and, like, the, what and there the was a, there was like a stretch in the second quarter where I was watching it, and I'm like, man. They really could have just killed the Warriors here, like Boston. Like yep. they could have put yep. their they could have put their foot on the throat, and it's over three one. You know they're they're in a good spot, and I, I think it was a lot of fun. Also, because like these are the most iconic games of what is clearly the team of the decade, the generation, whatever you want to call it, you know, at, at least the last 10 years. Um, it's fun to go back and do that. Like, especially when Bay baseball kind of sucks. So it's like, it's not like I'm trying to watch either of those teams on a, on a Tuesday or Wednesday night either. Um, the other, the other take I had from that game and I was, I was uh, texting with you about it and talking about, I did not remember how many ridiculous finishes Steph had. I knew he, had some like really good like off the glass through two defenders types of touch finishes. That was that was an absurd master class. Like he it was like there was like 10 of them. You know, it was just like the sheer volume of them, it's it was absolutely insane. And that's like the thing about the rewatch. Like you, you just remember things a little different. This this is the one where I think it's always easy. I think we had we had actually <clears throat> speaking or trying to find content, we had that lady on Shaq's pod. I don't remember her name. I don't think it really matters. Talk about uh how Steph is uh, how she was um uh, essentially disgusted that Shaq would say Steph is the best player in the world, and basically saying that Steph is the best shooter in the world. It's always funny because, like you're saying, he is one of the best finishers at the rim in the world, uh and and at six two, six three. So you talk about Kyrie, who's another guy who's elite at finishing, Steph is right there with him, if not better. And the guy is is just barely taller than, than a normal human being, right? And he's and then and on top of that, he's doing this on the biggest stage. Biggest stage against the best defense in the NBA, right? Number one, number two is Boston and, and Golden State, right? So he's doing this against the best in the world. Uh, just ridiculous. Defensive player of the year with a potential other defensive player of the year protecting the rim Williams, with yep. a bunch of wings who can get it. Like, I mean, didn't there's. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those things. By the way, I appreciate you bringing up the Shaq thing. Um, most of our listeners probably saw the clip for the podcast and it's just like in general you know what maybe I'll rearrange what we're going to talk about today but it, it ties to this general topic of people just have such a hard time with the idea that Steph is a more complete player than the reputation like he's always going to have the shooting reputation but I'm I'm sitting here I'm going like really what is his offensive weakness what is it no no there's nothing he's a true three no. level. Oh, he's a true four-level scorer. Like, no matter where you shoot the ball on the court, he's better at it than your favorite player. He just he's a better finisher inside than anyone, better in the mid-range. Obviously, he's known for the three-point shooting. He's just as good on ball as off ball. That's no one, one in no one in, one in the league can do both the things at the yep. level he does. Some guys can shoot off ball great, clay. Um, some guys can shoot on ball, though not as good as Steph. Uh, no one can do both as well as him at and the then same he's time. A, and then he's a phenomenal passer on top of it too. And so he's just, he it, it's one of those things where sometimes, sometimes it feels petty to continually bring it up. But the other part of me is like, we've been watching him basically be the engine of the yes. best offense, yes. changing the game for a decade. And there's still people who don't understand what they're watching. That's always the part that gets me. It's like, I, I I got it in 2015 or 16. Right. Right. Uh, cause it was so new. It was new, yep. But like every every play, Jordan Poole is trying to shoot off the dribble from 28 because of Steph. Trey Young, same thing. All those guys are doing the things Steph does, but not to his level and not with the diversity that he does it. Yeah. I I think that's that's a great way to put it. 2017 2018 I think it was becoming very like more and more obvious but then it was a little bit harder because Teddy's on the team but then now five years later you look at the way that stuff was talked about there's just really nothing left outside of that um, I also think that the the defensive part I think a lot of people have a hard time wrapping their head around it but here's the thing unless as like let's take let's say let's take Kevin Durant for example you're seven foot right so uh, inherently you have advantages to what Steph is you're also not as good as Steph offensively, but. Just because you're seven foot doesn't mean that you're going to be a great defender. As far as we know, watching Katie the last few seasons, who's an amazing offensive player still, he is not an elite defender that can change the game defensively, like, say, a Draymond Green. So unless you're saying that, oh, OK, like Katie's better than Steph because he's taller. Uh, does that length actually help him do anything? Because we we saw that really didn't matter. That length, If anything, that length helps him more on offense. Like the argument for him is like he can get a shot off. And even then, he couldn't against Boston, right? Like, if we're just right. talking about against Boston, and I I get it, I just think maybe a younger KD even the war, the KD that was on the Warriors was elite defensively, I thought, but he also had a ton of great defenders around him. So I think the only guy, and I get and I and I you're saying about kind of changing the the rundown up, but I think this is a good way to put it: is the only guy that has you can say has that advantage on Steph, where you can say, well, he's taller. So it makes him a great defender. So that might make him better all around than Steph is probably Giannis because Giannis can actually impact the game at the five position. Uh, and I don't think any of the other guys can anymore. Katie definitely doesn't. LeBron definitely doesn't. Luka definitely doesn't. Jokic definitely doesn't, right? So unless you're telling me that those guys are elite defenders, they're not even, they're they're not better than Steph. And then they're not better offensively than Steph at all. So
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Yeah. So perfect segue. So friend of the show, well, friend of me, maybe not so much friend of you. No, uh, from the (laughs) volume, Jason Tim put out his player rankings for the NBA and for better or worse, you know, you could think what you want of that, but we're probably two weeks away from everyone releasing their player rankings. We get the sports illustrated player rankings, the ESPN player rankings. Um, Maybe we'll get official light years player rankings with cool yeah. graphics. You know, again, Neil, get Neil to learn some Photoshop and just step, 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 and step in the top five. Um, but anyway, uh, so I know Jason put some thought into this, and his top five was five Luca, four LeBron, three KD, two Steph, one Giannis. My my initial take is, you know. I'm. I don't. I don't have a huge problem with the list. Like I. I have different opinions, but like I, in listening to him explain it, I didn't think it was particularly insane. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go Jokic over Luca. I was perso- going to say personally. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but Luca might be. Might. Might make that true next year. Um, yeah. LeBron. LeBron, I just don't know how to rank. You know, like, you know what I'm saying? Just because like yeah. age, injuries, those things. But like in general, we're very clear. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, th- yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's a pretty pretty fair list. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have Steph at, at one. I think most people listening uh, will. Um, but I think it's fair. I, I think if you had to make an argument that somebody's better than Steph right now, it would be Giannis. I mean, he was you- the guy last year that won. Yep. Do you agree with me on this? It's like Steph and Giannis are the two best players in the yes. league. Yes. And then KD and LeBron are the next two where we're like kind of slowing down. So I don't know where to rank him, But on any given night, they can play like they're still those dudes. Like LeBron's 37. He's going to be 38 this year. He's probably going to play 50 games again instead of 80. You know, he's probably not going to play defense every possession, that sort of stuff. So it's like, I don't know how to rank him, But then he can also have a 50-point triple-double on anyone at any time. So yeah. it, it just th- that that's my whole thing. But if you're talking about night to night consistency, it's obviously Steph and Giannis, right? And, and those are the two guys that we just saw play on the highest stage and were by far the best player, right? On the floor, you watched Giannis last season, best player on the floor. Um and then you watch Steph against uh Warriors against Boston, best player on the floor. So yeah, I think the tears way is a good to put it, a good way to put it, just obvious best guys in the world, Giannis, Steph and then you've got the the older generation but still great. Although it's funny because Steph is 34. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, he's just as old uh, as the other two guys, KD and LeBron. And then maybe you put, like, the younger um, kind of superstars, um, Luca, And then and then Kawhi is an interesting one that's not on the list. I, I usually would have him on it, but it's like we haven't seen him play in two years. So I, I don't know what you do with that. Yeah, like, if, you're, if, you're, if you're concerned about, like, the LeBron-KD, um, like, consistency, like, w- in terms of, like, physical health and stuff, like, Kawhi's on another level. Yeah, right? I, we don't – no idea who – where he's at last time, I think we saw him in the NBA finals. I don't think he was the obvious best player on the floor. I didn't think that either. So it's like, I don't know if he's that good. My whole thing with Kawhi is he's objectively a winning player. Like he does winning things in like four different facets of the game. Like he doesn't, he's never a guy who's going to like just play for himself. So I always appreciate that. Um and he does have the ability to just hit some stupid shots on repeat or make some insane defensive plays. But like you know, he's also kind of hurt all the time. And like it's all the time. It's it's very hard to put him into context because it's like on any given night he can outplay everyone. But you don't know if tonight's gonna be that any given night. But on the other hand, there's only so many players who can actually do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe five, four. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing with him, I think think the Kawhi stuff we'll see this year is I'm not really high on the Clippers because of the Kawhi stuff where it's where it's again he hasn't played but also how good is he how good is I feel like people are saying well the Clippers are going to be favorites to come out of the West because they've got Kawhi and Paul George healthy it's like how good is Kawhi actually how good is Paul George we know Paul George is kind of a fraud so it's like how good do we think these guys are going to be together and then you're relying now on a bunch of guys I'm especially like John Wall what are we doing here why we're not we're not relying on John Wall so I just think Fine second-tier contender in the West, but I think a lot of the stuff around the Clippers is hyped to a point where it's not I like a lot. I like a lot of things around the Clippers, but I'm I'm with you in the sense of like everything revolves around two guys who have an iffy health record at best, right? And then like I, I just don't think the other stuff matters if you're not getting Pete Kawhi. Like I would love Terrence Mann on the Warriors. Objectively, a useful, winning wing God, he player. So good on yeah, he's good, dude. He's he, every team wants him. He's like he's gonna be annoyingly hipstrified this year as being underrated. You know, you like said, you you know exactly what I mean. Well, they have um, like eight of those guys. Yeah, yeah they're, they're like they're they have good. like I like that. You know, but again, none of it matters unless Kawhi is peak Kawhi, and like I just don't know. I don't know if he's going to be off an ACL tear, you know, like it's not like he was an iron man before that. So no, no, he it, had a quad thing right for a while. I don't know what was going on there. And, and he was missing games, load management stuff. Like he was breaking down there at the end of the Raptors series, the Raptors warriors. You remember that he was yeah. limping around that. I mean, that was partly why it didn't feel like he was the best player on the court. Um, that's I, part, I of the, that's Clay, part of the reason you and I are like, if Clay doesn't go down, I think they win the series. Cause he was just as banged up as the Warriors were. Yep. Yeah, so I I think it's a fair list. I think, I, but I think the Clippers. We're going to do some preseason stuff at some point here. I think the Clippers. They're on my list of teams that I think are going to be um, just overrated. So let me let me ask you this. So, what is the case for Giannis being better than Steph? It's defense, right? I, I think so. I, I think he can do his version of the Draymond at the five and unlock defensively and offensively. Uh, a team that can win a championship on both sides of the court. I think that's the case. Again though, that's not that's not my fit cuz I think Steph is still the best player in the world because offensively he's so much better than everyone in the world, right? And at the end of the day, that that matters more. He he Boston gave up. <laughs> cuz I think we you and I were talking about the replay at first. Game 4 was close. Uh 5 and 6 weren't. And I think like sometimes we revisionist history, a lot of us kind of felt like the Warriors beat the crap out of Celtics in those last 4 or 5. They didn't. Right. Three and four were close. uh Five and six was when uh, kind of Steph was kind of just pounded them. um So I think just the offense matters more than me. But I think if you had to pick Giannis, I think that's it. Right. It's what he can do at the five. Yeah. I it's like love- LeBron, like young LeBron, prime LeBron. Right. I, I just always, I, my counter is Steph is so much better at offense than everyone in the NBA yeah. that he allows you to play Draymond and Looney together. Therefore, you have a good, you have a great defense. Like, yeah. Could you could you play Draymond or Looney next to Giannis? Stop. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, but, no, but I know. Like, you asked but that like, question. That's, I that's my that's my argument. My argument is, or next if to KD or next to LeBron, you can't do any of that either. If you like. want to look at the totality of a player, you have to look at everything they bring to the table. And Steph is so otherworldly on offense; he allows you to play defenders who have a hard time playing in other systems, mostly because they lack offense, you know, like you can get away with some real bullshit lineup combinations offensively because of Steph Curry. You can't do that with, with Giannis. Um, I I think, and, and I think you have to put that like my overarching point before I turn it over to you is that has to be factored into, to your player rankings. Like it's not just about individual. It's about what they allow you to do team building wise. One of the guys I think this matters a lot to is probably GP2. Um, we're going to see GP2 this year um, in Portland playing next to essentially the, the poor man, Steph, right? Dame. And we'll see kind of what he looks like outside of playing next to Steph. Right? I think GP2 um, had a great season, had a great postseason. A lot of that is possible because you can play him as a small, big man next to Steph Curry. Because again, like GP2 can't shoot. And even if he does make threes, no guy, play, players are always going to come off of him, right? And so I think part of that Jonas LeB- is that kind of LeBron thing where it's, you have to put shooters around him. You just have to Pat Connaughton, our guy, our guy, Dante DiVincenzo. Right. So you have to put those guys around him. Brooke Lopez, a shooter. If Dante uh, plays better on the Warriors, than oh, Milwaukee, lucky. Like, oh, I mean, does that not, does that not factor in a little bit? And a point and part of it, it, it people will always be like, well, it's the system, but the system doesn't work without number 30 at all times. So I don't know. I mean, we're in the dead of the offseason, but I just I walk away from the end of last year going 30 is still the best player in the league. You know, you can tell me Giannis is better. You can say LeBron's better. Um, And I'm not going to like argue with you anymore because I just don't care about that sort of stuff. But I know you can build a team with 30 as your best player to beat those teams. Um, And. It's just a very short list of guys you can feel very confident about having a clear and concise formula to win a title around, and he's one of them. Um, one of like say, three, maybe. Four. I was going to ask you who are who are the people on the list. Um, Who's your okay. four or five? Steph, Giannis are the two obvious ones because not only um, do they have the talent, they're you're not worried about durability. They're still in their prime. LeBron is still on my list, but now you have to start making more concessions for his durability concerns, Sure, right? KD, also on my list, a little more mercurial, but like the talent's the talent, and he's done it at such a high level. And honestly, probably Kawhi, but with he's on a little below because you have even more health concerns about him, right? But I still feel confident with Kawhi. If you put the right team around him, you can beat anyone. Period, it is. Right? It is. Hel- I, by the way, I have the same list as you. Uh, that's. It's been my list for like four years now. Uh, it's the same five guys because those are the guys that win championships. I don't. I'm not putting Jokic in there, Luca in there, and those they're, guys in there. They're on they- the cusp for me. They're yep. on the. I think they can do it. I. I do believe there's a world in which Jokic or Luca are the best player in a title team. It just hasn't happened yet. You know, like. It, yeah, and don't talk to me about AD being in there, right? I know the Lake Laker LeBron fans tried to get him in there for like two seconds and obviously they did not work out because AD is a fraud. Um, I think it is hilarious, uh, and very uh a testament to Steph that he is the most durable player on this list. Uh, with Giannis. He's 34. He's the smallest dude by far. Everybody's a freak, six, eight and up. Uh, and Steph is the guy that's the most durable. And he's and he's that old. He's in his mid thirties. Insane. Just insane. Um the, i think the next the next one we, we talk about guys on the list with kd um i, I was listening to speaking of, a of the show, bill simmons he was he was talking about it on his podcast the day he's been bringing this up repeatedly sam he's kind of hinting at by it by the way a, mm. friend of the show bill with um a also day one june was <laughs> the boss um dude he brings up the warriors as a destination for kd he, he thinks it's just he thinks the Warriors are top one, top two as an option for, for, for KD. He thinks it's actually possible. Your thoughts on that? It's kind of it's kind of weird that he's that's he's with the with up. the with the caveat. I don't think the Warriors would do it. They're hold on, they're, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. What you I don't think, think the Warriors would do it? I don't think they'd meet Brooklyn's price. Okay. He'd have to make it he'd have to get Brooklyn to like chill on wanting like 50 picks or whatever the hell, you know? Okay. okay. Um it's obviously the most uh, the best destination. You know it works with Steph and Katie because they never lost. They just didn't, you know? No. Nope. Um the Warriors have the Warriors have assets that Brooklyn would want in theory, where mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, we can give you some high upside young guys, and we have a bunch of we have picks, you know. So it's like they get the rebuild package that they want, right? Um, and I just don't think other than Boston a situation like that exists. Like Boston's the only other team who can trade stuff that matters and still have a contender, you know? Um and unlike Boston, I actually think the Warriors have because he's been here before, there's uh there's a level of understanding of how it's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So I do think I, I think Bill's right. Like it's obviously the best situation. It's the best option for him. I just don't think it's happening. Okay. Um, I think it's interesting because um I don't think anyone's really talking about that. I think people are like, Oh yeah, it'd be cool if you went to the Warriors, but they don't bring it up like realistically. At the end of the day, everyone's like, Well, why would KD do that? The Warriors wouldn't want to give up Kuminga and all of those guys. Yeah, it's it, it would be super humbling for um KD to come back. Like uh, yeah, it, it would just be admitting like <laughs> you, you guys are right sorry he's such a weirdo. i bet he would too i bet he'd figure out a way to to make it make it up in his head that it that it's actually better for a friend to go to back to i don't know um i just find it interesting come back, that- come back kevin we're just gonna piss everyone else off that's how yeah. we're gonna do it just 29 fan bases are gonna cry that's how we do it it might be 30 it might be the warriors fan base too which is kd and the warriors fan base again jesus christ um I don't, know. it's crazy. It's crazy that he keeps bringing it up. I, what do you, do you think that Steph and, uh, cause he's not bringing it up just, it's not like it's me bringing it up. Like I would just say some shit, uh, with no sources. The dude knows people. So I'm sure this has been talked about in, in circles that matter. Um, do you think that Steph has talked to Katie about it? I know Marcus has brought that up like a month ago. Do you think that front office has talked about it? I'm sure they have, right? Like, like how realistic you think it is that they've talked about like together 100% discussed I'm I'm my my gut tells me this is more of a uh I, I'm just not taking it too seriously that's yeah. really where okay. I'm at with it there's no other way around it I know I like do you think do I think KD or sorry do I think Draymond and Steph been like he comes back here and we just win more titles it'll be fun and all that sort of stuff like sure Right now, they're living their best lives. They just won a title. They proved everything they wanted to prove to the world, which is like we won before, we won after. You can't say anything. There's no loss for any of them, right? Yeah. Um, okay. But I just, I, 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 and like honestly, like say what you want, but they're, they're in their 30s. Who do you think they'd rather play with? Someone who's in their age range, or a 21 year old? Like this is a, this is a very. I don't know, man. You, do, you, do you like hanging out 21 year olds? I have no comment. No, but I, I'm with you. If you're trying, look, Steph knows they know if, if Katie comes back and they get to play with, they get to play with you, they're winning one, one at least one, two more. Right. And so and maybe another question would be um, I think he brings this up too. Is, is Draymond in the deal? Uh, is Clay in the deal? Um, maybe. Ooh. Right. Like that's. I'm, I'm not ready to go down that path. I that's, know. that's. I'm just. It, it, it that's was a lot. brought for me. It was brought up. So anyway, mid-August, mid-August content. We'll see what happens. This is this is peak August 21st content. All right, let's end it here. Um, CJ Holmes, uh, the new San Francisco Chronicle beat writer, beat writer, apologies, um, ha- wrote an article on James Wiseman today. Uh, and I thought it was good and I thought I gave you a little insight into James Wiseman, but to me, the interesting takeaway was uh, Wiseman was kind of being upfront about like all the mental challenges he's been going through the last year. Yep. Um, talking about going to therapy, which I think is amazing. Talking about um, just the struggles of the injuries and the expectations and how it gets in your head. Um, I walked away from it feeling very good about James Wiseman. Now, I don't know where I I, just like happy for happy for him that he's able to speak openly about stuff that's bothering him because like the first step in getting over anything is admitting it's a thing to you in your head. Right. And then you go from there moving forward. So like, you know, our job in some ways is like, you know, our job ultimately is like to engage and like, discuss with warrior fans but like we all have opinions some people have more optimistic more pessimistic opinions on on him from a basketball perspective but like on any level every warrior fan wants to see him succeed i find it very i think it's very cool that he's this mature i didn't know that um i don't i don't know what we knew really about wiseman off off the court and on the court right but it does seem like he's very mature um and I, and I think that's, uh, it's like mo- almost Moses Moody-esque, the way that he's kind of talking, uh, like he's about his career and about himself, which I think is cool. um, And I think is probably good for for him uh, on the court. Now, his play, we'll see. And uh, he, he writes about, CJ writes about kind of his up and down play in the assembly. We've, we've talked about it at length, right? So that stuff is still, we will see. But I think the mental stuff, you get that, you get the the process and the mental stuff, right? Which I think he is. It's good for his future, right? And I think I was thinking about this while reading the article. Um, you start to compare it a little bit to Kaminga's situation. And there's someone that the players themselves have literally called him immature. Like he is objectively an immature player. Part of that is because he's young, right? And part of it, he's got that confidence that I think actually Wiseman probably doesn't have, right? Like as much confidence as a Kaminga. So it's, it's I think, interesting to, to view these two players because they're totally different. And they both got they both got a ton of potential. Uh, and, and all that stuff, put athleticism on it, whatever, right? Um, but they're completely different, it feels like it feels like Wiseman's getting more mature than like, Kaminga. We'll see. Uh we'll see. Um, i ha- actually had a quote in there um where he's talking <laughs> about like seeing Wiseman work through, you know, struggles he's been going through and how hard it is. Like it's very cool. Um, which which was also kind of my takeaway. Um, but yeah, I mean it's I I feel like this is this is the two timeline thing in process. Like the reality is you're dealing with non fully mature men. And like you and I can say this just because we're both in our thirties. But like, when I look back at like everything I knew when I was like 19, 20, 21, which is the ages we're talking about, like it's cringe, right? There's like levels to it. And it's just like um, part of the reason I was like pessimistic on it. I'm like, come on, man, you got, you got one of the 10 best players at this point. I'm comfortable. I might say five best players in NBA history on your roster. Like, why are we, why are we doing the science experiment? You know, like, why are we trying to see that? But like to the, to the broader point, it's like both of them are learning and figuring out who they are uh, in different ways. One of them I would argue is too confident. Yeah. (laughs) The other other one, The other one, it's more like, you know, it needs to like take, take weight off his shoulders and just like play a little bit, like not like think about everything so much, just be himself. But like those those are the same life lessons everyone goes through at 20, yeah. right? Yeah, I was going to say this is not, none of this is like, um none of this is abnormal. It's actually abnormal if they weren't going through growing pains. It would be, it would be that would be weird. I think some of the LeBron stuff. I, I just think about because I was watching the not one, not two, not three right. uh, stuff. And I'm just like, dude, the guy was in his mid 20s. He was young. I mean, and he did stupid shit like that. And then karma yeah, he, gets he, you he, right? he thought he had it made. He's like, I did it. We're gonna win all these titles. And then he finds out like it's not that easy. You know, it's still not that easy. There's still work to be done. um No, you're right. That's like that's the whole, that's the whole thing. And like you know to the Warriors organization and particularly like to Steph and Draymond and Clay's credit, like they, they proved culture's real. They proved they could do it. They proved that they could, you know, do it, but it's like, yeah, it's interesting. Um, And, and to take it back to Wiseman, like the big takeaway for me is like, I like the, I, I just, I love the honesty about it. I love like being like, yeah, dude, it, I had a rough first year. And then the injury I got, you know, it was hard. And uh, it makes you want to root for him because, like, at least he's being honest with that sort of stuff. And, like, we're not, you know, he, he it could be the sort of thing where, like, overcoming that adversity is the thing that actually it makes him better. Yeah. It, it could, it could make him better long term. Um, one one piece I thought was interesting too, because I was watching the Niners preseason game for like five minutes. because uh, none none of the starters play. By the way, but, Thursday, uh, all the starters playing very hyped. Oh, I t- t- you and I both. Uh Javon Kinlaw uh looks very good. Very, very good. And uh that's a guy that I compare to to Wiseman because drafted based essentially on athleticism and size uh the tape is pretty physical tools yeah, yeah. yeah you watch him play i mean i, I was told at least with ken law because i don't know football people were like well his, his he's had a couple good games uh, the rest was pretty mediocre tape i think with wiseman you watch him and you're like i mean yeah it's pretty pretty mediocre tape the, the, the play on the you court see is not you see plays that you're yeah. like wow only like a couple players can do that yep. but like the whole tape is like not that impressive uh, yeah I, and and honestly that's still true to this day about james wiseman and i think with kinlaw we we're i think we're seeing him now because he hasn't been able to stay on the field um become dominant ish at least so far in his grenade. now he lost 30 pounds whatever all that stuff right best shape of his life um and now and now he has a chance coming off injury uh to to show i think the potential and, and fully realize that so i think same with wiseman a little bit where um same in- not same injury, but an injury took takes him out for a year, comes back. Now he's in great shape. We saw Wiseman. Yeah, yeah said both, both guys. And uh you remember Kinlaw last year. He played and then and then uh had to stop because of the injury uh, and he was playing through injury. And then and we'll see with Wiseman. Maybe he comes back and now he's fully, fully healthy, no more setbacks. He looked pretty good in the preseason in terms of conditioning. Like there was nothing, nothing wrong with him moving. Uh so we'll see. I think I think you know that those are two guys that I think are similar. Um um, and and then and then if if, if what we see with Kinlaw is working out, maybe the same with uh, Wiseman as well. It's not like the Warriors need him to play twenty five minutes, right? Of great basketball, they just need fifteen next year from Wiseman if they can give him if he can give him fifteen. Yeah, start, minutes. start with uh, start with a strong shift at the beginning of the second or the fourth. Yep. And the better you play, the more it expands out. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it goes. No, no matter how you put it, I'm kind of excited to see how it goes. Um, but we'll end it there. Appreciate everyone. Look out for our updates. We're going to do a watch party Wednesday night on playback. We'll give you all the details. Hope to see you guys there.